TrueCar.com is changing car buying forever. Yes, every day, TrueCar users receive negotiation-free, guaranteed savings. Some features aren't available in all states, but in just the first six months of this year, over 275,000 cars were sold by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. TrueCar users save an average of $3,221 off MSRP. So when you're ready to buy a car, just follow these three easy steps. First, go to TrueCar.com and find out what people paid for the car you're looking for. Then register at TrueCar.com. You'll see upfront pricing information and you can lock in your savings. Third step is simple. Just print out your TrueCar savings certificate and take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Remember, every day, true car users receive negotiation-free, guaranteed savings. Save time. Save money. Never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com. Welcome to the Solid Verbal. The Solid Verbal. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! I've heard so many players say, well, I want to be happy. You want to be happy for a day? Eat a steak. It's that woo-woo! And now, Dan and Ty. Welcome back to the Solid Verbal Boys and Girls. Ty Hildenbrand here. Dan Rubenstein right on over there. SolidVerbal at gmail.com. Still the email address. This weekend, as you're watching... All of the Week 12 games, don't forget to call in at 408-VERBAL-1. That's 408-837-2251. Also, find us on Twitter. Find us on FanCred. And join us, please join us, on Facebook, Dan. Facebook.com slash SolidVerbal. That's where the cool kids are slowly migrating, slowly continuing the conversation with us and other verballers. We've had a yeah. good time on the Facebook page as of late. It's been a lot of fun there. Yeah, we've been sourcing part of the show from there more yes. and more. We've been sourcing topics for our Q&A bonus show for random questions that people may have about us that we'll, we're going to get into later on in our, our Wednesday shows moving forward. Um, Facebook is where more happens at this point than Twitter, but Twitter I would I would recommend particularly on the weekends, reaction to games while they're happening after the fact. Um, we we put a lot of really good links from a lot for a lot of really good pieces written about college football that you should read. Both are, are very valuable. Facebook, though, I think it's I think it's coming around as a, a platform. It, it's turning into a thing. You yeah. don't want to be the last one aboard. Uh, also, if you head on out to iTunes, you can give us a star rating, perhaps even a review if you have the time. All of that stuff helps. Right now, we're doing really well. Really excited about all the reviews we've gotten, all the engagement, as they say in the business. And by the business, I mean the industry. Um, sure. It has been a fun season, and we're about to jump into week 12. Can you believe we're at week 12 already? I can't. I am quite tired. Yeah. I am quite tired, but I am quite excited for week 12. It is that time. Again, I'll say November is the best part of college football, and I don't even think it's close. So it actually does feel like November, but I couldn't be more excited. Shall we get into some breaking news? Oh, please. New playoff rankings are out. Yes, they are. I continued my three-week-long streak of not watching the playoff re- playoff rankings reveal show. Yeah, what'd you do last night? 
Went over to Wegmans with fiance oh, okay. Kate, did a little wedding planning. We talked about it on our video show that we did yesterday. Again, solidverbal.com on the YouTube mm-hmm. channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, did not watch it. Did you happen to nope. catch any of the festivities? Nope, not even a little. I got home a little bit after I think the show started. I went for it was a really nice evening last night. I went for about a four mile run. Went uh, vigorous with my with my run. Felt yeah. great. Got home, made some tacos, and watched the first twenty minutes or so of Rand University, the thirty for thirty about Randy Moss. Oh, cool. Did some reading. Went to bed. Well, good Felt for great. you. Good yeah. for you. So here are your rankings. Yeah, I, this is, and somebody tweeted us like, hey, how do you feel about Oregon at number two, LOL, or something like that. It was the first time I had learned that Oregon was at number two <laughs> by somebody <laughs> tweeting that to us. I think his name was Nick something, Nick Blankenship, something like that. The Blankenship, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mississippi State one, uh-huh. Oregon two, yeah. Florida State three, TCU four. All right. Instant feedback, Dan. What do you think? Instant reaction to that top four the, the curious things of course tcu over baylor and oregon over florida state oregon is a one loss team over an undefeated florida state team and the explanation is that oregon has beaten three top 25 opponents two of which were on the road two of whom were on the road florida state has been struggling and the notre dame win looks not quite as impressive after they suffer the loss that they suffered in the desert against arizona state and clemson struggles against uh, Wake Forest on Thursday night. So the 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 look of Florida State at this point hasn't been as consistently good of note against higher teams that Oregon has beaten. So that's that's it right now. But Oregon's on a bye week as we saw Nebraska drop, I think, three spots after not playing anybody. Yeah. They're in like a they're eight and one and they're in a sea of two and three lost teams. So that that's sort of a bit of a head scratcher. But again, who is Nebraska beaten at this point? Right. Um so in the TCU over Baylor thing, TCU lost to a top 10 team. Baylor lost to, I believe, an unranked team. But I don't know if how upset Baylor people are or should be in week 12 when we're still three weeks away from December. There's a lot that can change. Baylor gets Kansas State later on in the season and a chance to uh, to sort of more evenly compare their resume to TCU. I'm curious. TCU has looked quite good and they've they've played a tougher schedule and that's why they get the nod right now. Alabama finally has a chance to beat a very good team uh, in Mississippi State this coming weekend to make their own claim to the top four. And ASU at number six feels high for what I think they actually are. Yeah, but yeah, I, agree. I don't I mean, I if you want to put Baylor six, that's fine. If you want to put Ohio State six, that's fine as well. Arizona State shouldn't be lower than eight or nine. So there the, the committee is, is shining positively upon the, the PAC 12 at this point. It, it appears the basis for these rankings is resume. Yes. Th- this is part of the reason why I don't understand the argument that there's no incentive to schedule tough non-conference opponents. Cause you've been hearing that. Right. And I suppose there is a side of that argument that you could mm-hmm. make. And I've heard that side of the argument, but for me, it just doesn't add up. If, in fact, they're going to take resume this much into account, then wouldn't it behoove teams to try and schedule tough non-conference opponents like Oregon did? Oregon, by the way, still reaping the rewards of beating Michigan State earlier in the season. Michigan State at this point is not even a contender. It's still a top 20 team, no doubt. Right. But. Oregon still getting a lot of credit for that non-conference victory earlier in the season. I would think just looking at this through a couple weeks of the rankings that you would want to schedule teams like that now. 
Oh, I think almost assuredly you should. And I don't know if you should schedule like Florida State did, which I think they should be commended because Oklahoma State appeared to be a very good team these past few years. They have Florida each season. They have Notre Dame this year. And the problem with Florida State is the ACC hasn't looked terrific and Florida State hasn't separated themselves from what we perceive to be clearly lesser teams. But I think Florida State has done a fantastic job. And if if things broke a little bit better in the way that Florida State could control its own ability, then they would be above Oregon. Mississippi State, that's the team that doesn't have the margin for error because of their own scheduling issues. But if you look around the top 10, Ole Miss and Boise State, Auburn and Kansas State, Ohio State with both Navy and, and you know, I don't count Navy as a huge thing but it's better than what Mississippi state has done. Ohio state with Navy and Virginia tech and Cincinnati Baylor with nobody, which is why I think their margin for error is less than say TCU who at least scheduled Minnesota dubiously now in the top 25, because it, it really does look nice that Minnesota is a top 25 team for both Ohio state playing them this week and for TCU right uh, above them. Arizona state scheduled nobody. Alabama has West Virginia and nobody, but that is a nice scheduling chip. Uh, TCU, I mentioned the Minnesota thing and yes, Oregon, you have that chip because the, the fact of the matter is you can't rely unless perhaps you are in the sec West or in the sec period, there is no guarantee that your conference is going to do right by you. So give yourself what you can. If your conference has a year like the ACC or the big 10 has had, I think you want to schedule Tough non-conference opponents. I fall squarely on that side of the argument. Yeah. Again, I've heard the other side of it. It doesn't even need to be plural. Yeah. Well, fair enough. It's nicer. Yeah. Decent, decent, good would be ideal, but yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. The one problem I have with the logic that the committee seems to be employing is that it's almost exclusively resume based. If their goal is to find the four best teams... Right. Resume needs to only be a component. And again, it's mid-November. We've got time to work all this stuff out. Yeah, if you everything are giving, evens itself out. If you're asking me my opinion, yeah. and I'm just one man, I would put Florida State over over Oregon, and I would do that pretty easily. Sure. All right? And that's not a knock on Oregon. I'm just saying I think Florida State's a better team. I could take the resume and throw it out the window. I watch the games. That's just me. So I want to see how they're able to negotiate that balance as they progress forward now throughout November. But again, early November, mid November, a lot remains to be seen. Yeah. And I, I, it's the Florida state thing is not unlike, I mean, I, I would, wouldn't compare them specifically to Baylor or a team similar to Baylor. But when you struggle with teams that you are clearly much, much better than it is the context of one schedule and not just resume. When Florida state does what it did, uh, defensively against a Clemson team or offensively right, right. against a Clemson team. That was not the prettiest game, but they survived that game. They probably shouldn't have won that game. What Their first half against NC State, their first half or first quarter against Wake Forest. Florida State is operating on a top five standard, which is why people are so much harsher with Florida State, Oregon, Mississippi State. Mississippi State has struggled against what appears to be inferior teams. What uh, Florida State was able to do against Notre Dame, who then really did not acquit themselves that well shortly thereafter Virginia they've Florida state has looked sloppier than you would expect from an undefeated top five team and so at this point in November I'm not sure I agree with the ranking but I I think the reasoning is understandable understandable I can I can back that for sure yes and Oklahoma State the context of that obviously is J.W. Walsh is a much better option at quarterback than Dax Garman but it is what it oh I almost said it is what it is that is the reality 
The reality also is that the playoff committee has won. The college football playoff has won because even though we've said time and time again, we don't care about the rankings. We just spent about eight to 10 minutes talking about them. So yeah, kudos. What other news is there? I saw Stefan Diggs is out from uh, out from Maryland for the duration of the season with a lacerated kidney. Ooh, that sounds painful. I've never had it. Right. Um, that you know of. That I know of. Right. Anything um, else on your radar? Well, I mean, it sort of relates to, I mean, the injury stuff. There's injuries all over the place. Um, Todd Gurley is back from suspension this week, yes, which I'm sure we will talk about. That's a that big is one. large, perhaps the most talented single college football player in our nation. Um, other than that, I mean, the the hearing, the conduct hearing for, for Jameis Winston has, surprise, surprise, been pushed back yet again, this time to December 1st, because right. they can just keep on delaying it. Um, other than that, I mean, it's it's one of those things where it seems to be all game-based. Amir Abdullah appears to look good and healthy for their game against Wisconsin. Um, I'm bummed about Will Gardner being yeah. out for the season, Louisville's starting quarterback. Because really, the once they all got healthy, especially with Devontae Parker, they really look dangerous. Um, Kyle Allen is once again starting. He'll start against Missouri. Might as well. He looked good. He looked quite good, especially early on in that game. I expect for him to improve week in and week out as he gets more reps. But I think now would be probably a perfect time to get into our picks. All righty, boys and girls. Week 12. We've got six games that we're going to dive into here. And then we've got some others. We've got the Pat League. We've got another oh, yeah, we got game. A bunch. I'm going to try and pick out some games for you. Please. The Notre Dame thing last week didn't work out so well. So I'm going to try and pick some winners this week. And we're going to first start at noon on ABC, Ohio State going to mm. Minnesota on the road. A 12 point favorite, Dan. Let me ask you this now, okay? Yeah. Younger team, young quarterback for Ohio State. Possible letdown here after that Michigan State win? You know, Minnesota will hold on to the ball. Minnesota will do everything they can to just, hey, that's it's our ball. We're going home. And that is a dangerous thing. I really like the their tight end. He probably has nine X's in his name. Max Williams, I believe is his name. Um, there is a lot to like about Minnesota. We saw what they were able to do against very good teams last season. Struggled against TCU mightily at the beginning of the season. Don't think they can throw the ball at, at all, really. Um, and I feel like you would need a more complete performance to beat a team that appears to be as good as Ohio state at this moment. What's the spread in this game? I've got it at 12 right now. 12 points. Yeah. Um, you know what? Minnesota's defense isn't great, but it's fine. Minnesota's defense, totally average that they're pretty good against the pass. They're not great against the run. But they're they're efficient enough. It's in Minnesota. I'm going to take those points. I'm wow. going to say 28-17 Ohio State. Okay. So you're thinking that's a pretty close, pretty close game there in terms. You of know the what? Actually, spread. you have a sound effect for what I think will happen. 28-10 back door. Sure. Okay. Yeah. What do you well, think? Well. I was looking at Minnesota. They're seven and two. Mm -hmm. An easy team to like. How can you not like Jerry Kill? Mm -hmm. My underlying question, though, is how can I possibly take this team seriously 
because their best wins are over such Titans as Michigan, Northwestern, Purdue, <laughs> and last week, a resounding victory over a decent Iowa team. Now, I can only play. Yeah, they can only play who's on the schedule. I was probably the best win there. They yeah. also had a close loss against Illinois the week before the Iowa game, which yeah. is definitely some sort of red problematic flag. <laughs> flapping in the breeze. Problematic. I will give Minnesota some benefit of doubt because the Iowa win was nice. I do think we're going to find out very quickly what this team is made of because after Ohio State, it's two road games against Nebraska and then Wisconsin. I just can't bring myself to really feel good about this team. And I think if I took the points and took Minnesota here, the only reason I'd be doing it would be because of that letdown potential. And as a rule of thumb, that's not really a winning strategy. Right. So, Daniel, I am going all in. Lock of the week. Wow. I am going all in. Oh, my God. On the Buckeyes. Go and look at Ohio State's results since that Virginia Tech game. Oh, it's resounding. Go and look at them. All right. Beyond that Penn State game, They've been about as dominant as anyone. Right. This is a case where I think their conference affiliations probably holding them back, at least in terms of public perception, because I think there's a really good team. The efficiency metrics all agree that Ohio State's one of the top 10 teams at worst in the nation. The efficiency metrics say they've got the best offense in the country. Definitely. I say Ohio State's got a little trouble at first in this one, but. The beat goes on and on and on and on, on all the way to a 38-21 victory for the Ohio State Buckeyes. They cover that point spread. That's my luck. Shout out to David Cobb. Secretly under, not secretly under, secretly very good, criminally underrated. Yeah. Uh, really good running back. If he's able to, to pull off four, four and a half yards per carry, it's going to slow that game down. And that's where your 38, what did you say, 38-21? 38-21. Ohio State could very clearly cover this game and make it 24 to nine, 24 to 10, something like that. I just think if, if Minnesota is able to move the ball, you know, get three, three, seven yard pass to Max Williams, like they have been doing successfully. That's where you could see a little bit lower than people expect, but I, it's totally reasonable. I am terrified a little bit of that game. Kill 12 points. Possible letdown. I can't believe I'm walking up Ohio state, but I really like Ohio state. Yeah, second straight week on the road. Yeah, I really like Ohio State. You don't just walk into TC Bank. Is that what it's called? (laughs) Is it TC Bank? There's a T and a C in it. There may be an F in there as well. Uh, TC Bank Field. I'm looking. I'm using Google mid show. TC Bank Stadium. TC Bank Stadium. Okay. Stadium. University of Minnesota in Minneapolis. Good for them. Let's move on. TCF. Also at high noon on the East Coast on ESPN. Clemson traveling to Georgia Tech. Clemson, a field goal favorite. First things first, mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson is playing in this game, which yep. a lot of Clemson folks are going to be really happy about. Cole Stout's been decent enough as a quarterback. He's got the pedigree, but Watson's the playmaker, and he certainly gives the offense another dimension. If you're a Clemson fan, that's very good news, Dan. Who you got in this one? I went back and forth in this one. It's it's in Atlanta. It's in it's at Georgia Tech, correct? Yep. I 
I went back and forth to Sean Watson's first game back. We've seen Clemson's offense sputter and struggle with both of these quarterbacks at times, just because it's taken time to transition away from what they were last season, this defense and especially the defensive front is as good as any front in the nation. So they do have the ability to stymie Georgia tech early on. And Georgia tech is one of those teams that really relies on early leads uh, traditionally to sort of pace a win. Georgia tech is really good. And at home against a Clemson team that could give the ball back rather quickly. I would like Georgia tech a lot more if defensively they had more than they do. They're not able to get into backfields all that often with that front, which is one of those things that would keep them handling possession. I'm still though going to take Clemson on the road is how many point favorite three points, three points, a field goal favorite. I'm going to take tech. I feel like tech should be able to move the ball well enough playing in an unorthodox way that Georgia, that Clemson is not used to. I'm taking the rambling wreck and I'm taking them by four. I'm going to say 28, 24 Georgia tech. They pull the upset. Okay. Well, and that's reasonable. I'm, I'm excited to watch this game because it is my, it's strength versus strength. Georgia tech's really good offensively. They're averaging about 38, 39 points a game. Clemson is pretty good defensively, only giving up around 18 a game. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's an interesting clash. And of course, Georgia tech plays a unique style of football, Mm -hmm. which makes the viewing experience a little more unique and notable. Right. I am, however, terrified to actually try and project this game because it's two teams I can never figure out. Right. Can never figure out either of these teams. Like if I could wake up on Saturday, like if I could just wake up with amnesia, Mm -hmm. that would be fantastic. If I could forget everything that I know of these two teams, right. That would be fantastic. I'd feel a little bit more confident going with this one. I will side with what I think is the better defense and perhaps. Oh, I don't think you should just think you should know at this point. Yes. Okay. I'm going to side with the better defense. Yeah, I am going to go with Clemson. I was going to argue that Deshaun Watson is the most dynamic player on the field, but he's coming back from injury. And so there is definitely a rust factor that could come into play here. I'm going to say Clemson wins the game and covers 34 28, though, as I look across the full slate of our six big games here this week, Mm -hmm. I am not feeling very confident at the number of road teams I took to cover. Okay, I took a lot of road teams. This okay. week as a bit of foreshadowing, but in this one, I'm going to go Clemson. I'll stick. I'll stick true to my word. Clemson wins 34 28. Yeah. Wake Forest was able to move the ball early against Clemson last they week. Were. And they were in terms of the most dynamic player on the field. It, it might be Vic Beasley. It might be the, the combo now of Mike Williams and Artavis Scott for Clemson. Really intriguing. They're churning out a lot of good receivers. I think yeah. those two are, they'll, they'll get theirs. I think against Georgia tech, I'm curious to see if, if Clemson can sustain offense over four quarters. Yeah. And speaking of receivers at Clemson, it's definitely helping their recruiting game to have guys like Sammy Watkins and oh, yeah. now Martavis Bryant for Pittsburgh oh, for doing Pittsburgh, yeah. big things in the NFL. You can use that as a recruiting tool for sure. Absolutely. 3.30 on CBS. This is a big one. Alabama at home, an eight-point favorite against Mississippi State. That is correct. Yeah. Eight points is the spread. Look, if you're Bama and Mississippi State, Dan, right now you're looking at those standings. You're saying, we got one less problem without you, Auburn. (laughs) See what she did there. This is a de facto playoff game to get into the playoff. 
This is true. This is a, a, a pseudo semi pseudo playoff semi semi. What he said. Yeah. Yeah. So last week I committed the mortal sin. Mm-hmm. I went against our friend Bruce Feldman and his body blow theory. Okay. I locked up Notre Dame. Yes, you did. Even though there were all kinds of stats floating around out there about how Notre Dame was two and five last seven years, game following Navy. Um, did Tulsa follow Navy when they lost to Tom I believe, Graham? I believe they did, yeah. Is that following? Okay. Yeah, I believe they did. So I didn't buy in last week. This week, I don't think you can ignore it. Alabama had a really hard fought victory over LSU. Yes. LSU tried to pound the ball, tried to run it down their throats. Erd Furschenfurtner. Definitely. The body blow theory is now in effect. Yeah. I do think Alabama can run on Mississippi State, and it definitely helps that the game is home in Tuscaloosa. Mm -hmm. But I still feel like Mississippi State is a complete team. And unlike at the beginning of the season, I do trust Dak Prescott here in a big game. I think he gets his Heisman moment in this game. I think he gets that Heisman moment, Dan. Yeah, well, this would be a good time to do it. Yeah, it's on a huge stage. Big stage. I like Mississippi State. I'm not ready to cash in my Bulldog chips quite yet. Even if they lose this game, eight points is a lot. A little more than a touchdown. I like the chances for Mississippi State to cover. I like their chances to win. Give me Mississippi State outright 34-30 over Alabama. I like the outright call there. Alabama is a team I'm not really sure how good they are. I The LSU win was entertaining, but this is not an LSU defense that's been fantastic all year. They give up 24 to Wisconsin. They give up 27 to Florida. Uh, they give up 30, was it 34 to Mississippi State? I they Alabama needed overtime to get to 20. And with the type of talent Alabama has everywhere on offense, it I'm not ready to crown Alabama as being as having a, an excellent offense at this point. And I think you're going to need to obviously you need to outscore anybody to win, but you're going to need to keep up with Mississippi State offensively as good as Alabama's defense, particularly against the run is. I'm not fully confident Alabama four quarters against a good team. We saw them struggle also against Arkansas who actually made Mississippi state struggle a bit. I'm going to take Mississippi state outright. I'm going to say 21 17 Mississippi state on the road. They take this game. I liked Alabama earlier on in the week, but the more I thought about it, uh, I'm going with Mississippi state here. And I, I don't think they're eight points worse than this Alabama team. Lane Kiffin in a big game against a good defense or even an average defense. I'm not sure that Alabama's done anything all that interesting in that situation. The Tennessee game, they, they jumped out to a very nice early lead, but didn't do anything after that. And the LSU game was a disappointment for Alabama offensively. Texas A&M's defense isn't all that good and they killed them. It's just fine. That's what you should do against a below average defense. They struggled in the Arkansas game. The Florida game was very strange on both sides of the ball for Alabama. Eventually they have a very good second half. Uh, I just don't think they've put together complete offensive games against a decent team. I'm going to go Mississippi State here uh, in the red zone. I feel like they're going to be able to uh, to put a little bit of a choke on Alabama's offense. Right now, gun to your head. Mm-hmm. In order from mm -hmm. one through three, mm -hmm. give me your confidence rankings for college football teams. Which three teams are you most confident in right now, week in and week out in college football? 
uh, as they stand right now in terms of health. Present day, week 12. If a playoff were to happen at midnight tonight. That's right. Um, I am most confident health-wise right now in... Oof, in order, I will say... Florida State's getting their center back this week or is, has been practicing and they get Mario Pender back. So I'm going to say one Florida State, two Mississippi State, three Oregon. Okay. My point there is that you can't put Mississippi State outside that top three. No, you can. There are, there are I don't issues. think you can. I mean, there are issues, yeah, but there are issues with everybody if you want to look for them. You know, Florida State has had slow starts so far yeah, this season. Their first you, halves have been pretty atrocious. You could drop them out of the top three for that. Oregon yeah. has some questions defensively. And of course, Absolutely. along the offensive line, there are things with each of these teams that you could yep. use to drop them out of that top three. But I just think gun to your head at this point, Mississippi State's got to be in that top three. And I think that's why I favor them here. I think that's why I like them to win out, right? Because Alabama could be in the top three, but not consistently they haven't been. I am I am exceedingly curious and eager to see Mississippi State in a close game. Me too. Late. Exactly. Late. Because even some of the games as you look across their schedule. And the LSU game is much closer than it appe- was. Much, not much closer. was a lot closer than it actually was um, or looks a lot closer than it actually was. Right. LSU came back. It was not a game. I guess they needed a. That was a nice little burp in there. Did I you caught like that? that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the A&M game was nothing. The Auburn game wasn't much. There, there uh, are games where Mississippi State got out to a huge lead early. And, and they just then, sat on it. Yeah, a, a boat racing, as we call it here. Where's my sound? Right. Where's my sound? There it is. Mm-hmm. All right. They're the king of boat races so far this yeah. season. And and admittedly, they did. They were up only a touchdown in the fourth quarter for essentially the entire fourth quarter against Arkansas. But it wasn't. I want to see. I'm, I'm being more specific that I'd like to see them in a late back and forth type of situation. Okay. How do they respond to a team that goes up three with six minutes left? That kind of thing. Let's move on. Another 3:30 game. This one on ABC in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. The Badges mm-hmm. are a six-point home favorite against the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Our Chris the Capper would like to weigh in. Let's have a listen. Hey guys, Chris the camera back here. Lost last week on Kansas State that brings us to nine and five on the year. For this week, let's take the Nebraska Cornhuskers plus six at Wisconsin. Um, I actually think Nebraska is the better team. Uh, they've run through their schedule, beaten a decent Miami team. Uh, their only loss was at Michigan State in a game that, uh, you know, they were getting blown out early, but they really showed some fight to come back and only lose by five. Uh, Wisconsin, I don't know. Alvin Gordon's great. Not completely sold on Joel Stava, even though he's looked better the last couple of weeks. That's basically against Purdue and Rutgers. Uh, I think Nebraska has a better offense, and I think Nebraska has a better defense. Um, so let's take uh, – I'm this is assuming Amir Abdul is going to play, um, but let's take the Cornhuskers to win this one outright, 28-24. to 24. Wow, 28-24, going Nebraska. Dan, this is a this is a fun game. Yeah, oh, much – much more so than I think uh, yeah. a lot of people realize. This is a fun game. It showcases two of the best running backs in the nation. Of course, our mm-hmm. boy, Melvin Gordon. Oh. You know all about Mel Gore from our drops throughout the season. Amir yeah. Abdullah, of course, the star player for the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Actually, two of the better defenses in the nation on display here as well. So I've got a question for you. Mm, I've got answers. 
The question is, can Nebraska get Amir Abdullah going? We know about the injury concerns. It appears he's going to be okay. I saw some headlines about him in a knee brace, which I didn't really like. However, I asked that question not because they've had a hard time getting him going for most of the season, but because they had a really difficult time getting him going against Michigan State about a month ago. If this truly is a matter of which team do you trust more? Right. That's what it comes down to for me. Dan. Trusted respect is what we do this for, Dan. <laughs> yeah, that's also also completely accurate. Do you have trust? Do you have respect for either of these teams? Do you trust yes. Nebraska's offense against Wisconsin's defense? Um, somewhat. I'm more confident in Nebraska as a complete team than I am Wisconsin at this point. Much more confident in Nebraska's varied ways that they can win and assert their will. Uh, Wisconsin, both of these teams have outstanding defenses. It's just one of those things where you don't know how good they are because of the level of competition they've played thus far. Uh, you know, they're going against Rutgers. They're going against Maryland. Like the, the big 10 schedule is not ideal for gauging how good these, these teams week in and week out against decent teams can be. I am a huge fan of how well Wisconsin defensively has replaced so much um, they, Chris Borland was there for 19 years and he finally left. And I, I think he's on the 49ers, but they, Wisconsin has done such a fantastic job defensively, especially up front in Gary Anderson's defense with, um, the, the, the duo, the linebacking duo sounds a lot like one of those, um, what was the name of the, the Ben Stiller, Owen Wilson, ah, the movie, Bay City cops. Oh, Starsky and Hutch. Starsky and Hutch, like Derek Landish. <laughs> Vince Beagle. <laughs> like they just sound like cool cops. It's the perfect, the, the perfect combo for No Shave November. Yeah, Landish and Beagle. Landish and Beagle. Um, so Wisconsin is, does a fantastic job defensively, which I'm curious about how well um, Tommy Armstrong is able to uh, to keep the offense moving. If Amir Abdullah is somewhere only about 75 or 80 percent, Nebraska's offensive line has improved. Wisconsin, if Melgore, which is so much easier said than done, is not able to carry this team, Joel Stave is not good. Tanner McAvoy is not good. They're not even average. They are both not good. They both throw ground balls. They both throw interceptions. I think... Nebraska is able to, at the very least, keep it closer than the six points. And I think they are the better team. I think Nebraska walks away with this one, 27, 24, the, the lot, the, excuse me, the wide receivers are so good blocking for Nebraska. They really do a fantastic job. Um, I'm going Huskers here. I changed this pick 17 times. I went back and forth so many times. (laughs) I mean, I am throwing darts at a board. Did Northwestern beat Wisconsin? Yeah. Maybe that should have just been my entire preview. (laughs) Northwestern beat Wisconsin. I'm taking Nebraska. I am going to take Wisconsin. Wow. I don't feel great about it. I would not put any actual money on this game. Like not even not even monopoly dollars here. Right. Couple reasons. First, Mm. Amir Abdullah in a knee brace. Not a winning strategy. Even if he's not in a knee brace on the day of the game, just the fact that he was this week gives me cause for pause. Good, uh, good track name for our emo album. Amir Abdullah or cause for pause. Cause for or, pause is slowly my favorite rhyme on this show. Or that's that's our puppy charity. Right. <laughs> cause for pause. Um, no, Amir Abdullah in a knee brace is definitely track three. Okay. Reason two, it's fun to bet against Chris. Mm-hmm. Reason three, it's fun to bet against you. Mm, obviously 
Reason four, I didn't want to pick six road teams this week, and this was a chance I saw to pick a home team in a tough venue. Okay. Against a team I'm not confident in at all. You ever been to Madison? I have not, no. Oh, my God, Ty. It's so fun. Jump around? It's one of the best. Jump around is great. I hate that other schools copy it. It's Wisconsin and Madison. There's some sort of, I forget the name of the place. There's a place you can get amazing milkshakes because they like dairy there uh, right by the stadium, like an old-fashioned soda fountain kind of place. The brats are great. Students are great. It's a it's a fantastic experience. So what I'm hearing is that the milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. Oh, it absolutely does. The other reason is that uh, this line is just too high. I looked at it. It jumped off the page at me. Wisconsin favored by six, huh? I thought Nebraska was supposed to be the better team. Now, you're in Camp Randall, and that stands yeah. for something, but still, six points is six points. I have no faith in this Wisconsin offense outside Melvin Gordon. Why are they favored by six? To me, feels like someone must know something. <laughs> and in a game when I really don't have that strong a lean, I'm going to try and read the tea leaves here and go Wisconsin at home minus the six. I say they win 21-14 in a really ugly game. All right. It's Mickey's Dairy Bar, by the way. Mickey's Dairy Bar. Mickey, I also ate at Gray's in Madison. That was also very good for sort of a an, a higher class. What do they have at Gray's? Do they have sports? I had, a re- I had a crazy burger. It had like short rib and bacon and chorizo and avocado and a fried egg. It was crazy. It was almost too much to handle. Actually, it might have even been too much to handle. But Gray's is in like G-R-A-Z-E. Okay, I was going to say, do they make the sports stuff. almanac or is this a different company? Different grays. Okay. Um, yeah, you can, do, you can do a fantastic job of shortening your life in Madison. Let me tell you something. This is going to be another solid verbal confidential type of thing. Uh-oh. You know, I got hell for the sriracha Shh, don't, thing. Don't tell anyone. Confidential. That was, I'm going to pull that sound. Confidential. I caught hell for my lack yeah. of knowledge. That was crazy. With sriracha. Um... Not a fan of, of ribs, not a fan of short rib. Well, you know, short ribs are, are not necessarily on the bone. I know. I'm just not a fan of the meat. So you don't like ribs? No, I don't. All ribs, baby back, spare, beef. I'm not really a fan, Dan. Is it because you don't like eating off the bone? Do you not like eating chicken on the bone? No, I'm fine with I'm fine with that. I just, I, I don't, something about the consistency of the uh, rib meat, that doesn't do it for me. I've never really? been a fan. Yeah. Grandma, Grandma uh, Calaruso. Uh huh. God rest her soul. When she was still alive, she uh, she made a mean set of spare ribs. I just could never get into it. Really? Yeah. You are losing I know. all sorts of barbecue. I know. Bread. But you know that's okay. Different strokes. Hey, I gotta be myself. I gotta be honest. Otherwise, this comes across as uh, fabricated. That's there's only one Ty Hilden brand. That's, that's right. the one we want on this show. Let's go to the nightcap. Yeah. Seven fifteen on ESPN. The game is in Athens, Georgia, where the dogs are a two and a half point home favorite against the Auburn Tigers. Dogs. You mentioned this earlier, but uh, Georgia gets Todd Gurley back. Mm-hmm. Girl chub. Did this line surprise you at all? No. No. Didn't surprise me. Uh, mostly because uh, Georgia's run game gets to go against Auburn's defense. And no. that is worrisome. And Georgia's defense isn't terrific. Um, it's better, though, right? It is, I believe, better. The The metrics like them, they're pretty good against the pass. They've gotten to, to quarterbacks more often than not. Uh, they're still not terrific against the run, which is scary because as good as Todd Gurley is, in his stead, attention-wise, other than Nick Chubb, in the SEC, 
Cameron Artis Payne. I want to say he's the only SEC rusher over a thousand yards. I believe. Yeah. I may have totally misread that and didn't verify an actual very easy thing to verify. Cameron Artis Payne is that good. CAP is that frustrating in a very similar but bigger way than Trey Mason was last season for the Tigers, just in his ability to get yards after contact. But I think Georgia at this point, Florida game notwithstanding, and we should withstand the Florida game. Yeah. But aside from that game, and Auburn is very good when they are underdogs. I think they're seven and oh in their last seven as underdogs. I think during the regular season, I think Georgia ultimately is able to control the clock enough. And the problem with Auburn isn't just that their defense is bad, it's that they've been sloppy. They've been undisciplined. They've had, they've had, we saw the end of the, the butt snap thing against Texas A&M. They, they shoot themselves in the foot too much at this point to feel good about them yeah. in a tough road spot. Although I still think Auburn is a top 12 to 14 team. I am taking Georgia here with the return of Gurley with Chubb, with an improved Hudson Mason over the course of the season. He's gotten much, much better at just being efficient and finding the easy pass instead of going for too much. I'm going to go Georgia 34 to 30. Man, I am going to go one and five this week. <laughs> I'm gonna, I hope it's the lock that hits and not, you know, some other random game. Um, ah, God, I this is another one where I went back and forth. You know, you mentioned both teams are kind of of unreliable. Mm-hmm. You oh, know, yeah. all, all of Georgia's flaws and all of Auburn's flaws, they kind of lie their hand in hand. Mm-hmm. I can't figure either out. You know, Georgia can look like the best team in the country or the exact opposite. And then Auburn's got the weird loss last week and mm-hmm. kind of like a fringe Clemsoning situation. I just both these teams have issues. They really do. And for my money, if I'm betting, if I'm picking one of these two teams gun to the head, mm-hmm. I've still had a lot of confidence in Auburn throughout the season. I still trust in Gus Malzon. Trust in Gus. I believe in this team enough to take the points in a game like this, just because George is a team. I think I believe less in at this point. I'll say Auburn wins a, uh, a shootout. Let's go Auburn to win this one by a field goal. 38, 35 on the road in Athens. The thing that is intriguing about Auburn that you do like to see for a team going on the road, because I think ultimately George is the better running team. Georgia's defense over the course of the field is better, but Auburn is fantastic in the red zone. Auburn is quite, quite good in the red zone for as much as their defense has struggled in pass rushing and in getting third down stops. That's something that there is to like about Auburn defensively that uh, I'm trying to see what their actual touchdown, their score percentage is very good. Their touchdown percentage is um, not as good, but still very good. Um, So it's understandable. So you are taking... Once I'm going to go Auburn 38-35. Okay, so we disagree, and not only do we disagree, lock up the dogs. Lock of the week. It takes balls to uh, to lock up the girl chub, Dan. Marbles. Yeah. Marbles. That's all I got. You, you're good? Okay. Marbles. 8 p.m. on ABC. Mm-hmm. The Florida State Gators. I've been told I say the state of Florida incorrectly. Just say it naturally. Close your eyes and say it how it feels in your head. In my head, it feels like Florida. 
I don't think that's that extreme. The way that somebody wrote in and said you said a Florida. Florida? No, I don't say that. That's a Long Island. You are certainly not. I'm Long not. Island. I'm not Long Island. And they also asked how I say orange juice. Ooh, see that one's a little more extreme. Orange. Now, you're, you're, you are leaning closer to Long Island, Jersey, with orange juice. Uh, I'm not saying orange. I'm orange. Orange juice. I know you are. It's it's you. There's this the slight seasoning. of Do orange. I have like a, a slight northeastern Philly? Yeah, as accent? you should. You are from the northeast. Okay, I am you, who you I am, Dan. If you can't was, love me for who I am, I, what do I'm we have? Love, I cherish you because once again, the name of the Italian plumbing brothers that had their own Nintendo game <laughs> is what? <laughs> who are they? The Mario Brothers. There it is. Don't ever change. There's a reason why you're the pod. How do you say it? Mario. Mario. Yeah. So like who is who is the evil version of the Italian plumber? It's uh, Wario. So you go Wario, but not Wario, but Mario. I guess I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Well, I just blew your mind. Every single person I know. Mario. My my entire life has said Mario. And that's the name of a, a famous pizza place not too far from you. Mario's Pizza. Yeah. Right. I would look at it and say, oh, Mario. When the New York Times or some publication puts out those like heat maps of, of regional of regional dialect, yeah, I can blow a full day on that, man. <laughs> you love your maps. There are words like hoagie. You don't have hoagies out in Southern California, do you? No, it's subs in Southern California. Yeah, hoagie's a big one for us. It's heroes in New York, I believe. Heroes? Or okay. I guess maybe people say hoagie, but it's mostly hero, I think, in New York. How do you say the word syrup? Okay, I'm closing my eyes. Yeah. Um, what would you like for breakfast? Uh, I'll do. Can I just do pancakes and maple syrup? Syrup. God, you there do it, it too. Syrup. On the on one of those maps, apparently Eastern PA is the only place that says syrup. Okay. Syrup. Fascinating. Yeah. We're like uh, Dudley from Royal Tenenbaums, just giving each <laughs> other puzzles. Fascinating. Eight p.m. ABC. Florida, oh God, I'm so self-conscious Florida of this now. Florida State, Miami. Florida State, a two-point road favorite against the Canes. Florida yeah. State, in fact, not the underdog here. There was some speculation that they could be. They're close enough to it. They're only a two-point mm-hmm. road favorite. These two teams have played 58 times, and Miami leads the series 31 to uh, 28. I guess 59 times, 31 to 28. Mm-hmm. is the uh, is the series so it's been pretty even True. let's take a closer look at Miami because we haven't talked a whole lot about the Canes since they went on the road they lost to Nebraska back in September 41 to 31 statistically a top 10 offense or top 20 offense excuse me right. a top 20 defense yep Brad Kaya getting better at quarterback Definitely. Maybe thanks to the drone they're now using on the practice field in Miami. I don't you know. You love you, your drones. Yeah, I don't know if you saw that. They're using a drone. True. Uh, Duke Johnson can still run the ball. A lot to like there. Mm-hmm. The defense better against the pass than the run, which is a decent enough formula when you're playing Florida State. So let me ask you this. Do you like the Canes? Do, do the C-A-N-E-S Canes have a C- shot of winning this game? A-N-E. Yeah, of course they have a shot at winning this game. It's it, they have the formula, as far as I'm concerned, uh, to beat a an excellent team, and that is they're at home, they can run the ball, they can play defense, and athletically they match up 
reasonably well. Do they have the depth of talent that Florida State does? Absolutely not. Is Florida State still dealing with injury issues, even with the return of their center, even with the return of Mario Pender? Certainly. Their linebackers are not nearly as healthy. They The linebackers, and they were, they were spoiled by their linebacking core last year with how versatile they could be, both against the run and the pass. I, I really have questions about this core in pass coverage. I'm not positive that Miami is talented enough and wise enough to take advantage of that consistently with the slot and tight end. But there's a lot to like about Miami. If Miami is able to get the same sort of breaks and earn the same sort of breaks that other teams have against Florida state earlier on in the season, in the first half, in the first quarter, Miami has a running back. That's better than any of those teams in Duke Johnson. And that gives them an ability to sit on, leads against Florida state, a Florida state front that hasn't been fantastic against the run, even against lesser teams. I uh, eventually Florida state needs to lose just because well, the they numbers don't need dictate. to No, I mean, they don't need to. The numbers dictate that teams don't go undefeated forever. That's just how math works. That's just how college football works. Okay. Miami has been, as you mentioned, quite efficient. I don't think they're a top 25 team in polls, correct? They're not a top 25 team. Yeah, they're not a top 25 team, but the metrics do like them on both sides of the ball. Um, As good as Duke Johnson is, they haven't been the most efficient running team. But Brad Kaya is really good. He is not just good for a freshman. He's a really good quarterback. Is he good enough to take advantage of this Florida State team? I don't know. I'm doing it, Ty. Wow. I'll go and see. A N E S. I'm going to back away from the mic because I'm about to say this because it's all about the you. It's all about the you. I just wanted to do that. I'm sorry. That was beautiful, Dan. Thank you. Why not? Whatever happened to the guy who called in with C A N E S Canes? That guy was great. I have no idea. I have no idea. He would love you right now. Yeah, he would. So, ah. well, look, I mean, I mostly do that yeah. because Sunday, if Miami wins, I'm going to be the worst, even worse than usual. <laughs> I'm going to be the worst. Hashtag blessed. The hashtag blessed. So I'm, I want to give myself that opportunity, Ty. Fair enough. I dig. Yeah. Uh, Miami's going to come out fired up. Definitely. It would not surprise me if they went up early. Mm-hmm. Teams have done that against Florida State all year. I mentioned it about 20 minutes ago. Can Miami hold on to a lead, though? That's the the puzzle in this one. Florida State has proven it does not need a lot of time right. to put points on the board and then cruise to victory. You can ask Louisville about that. So I would love to pick Miami here just to throw things into a tailspin, not because I hate Florida State people. I don't hate Florida State. I think they're a top. Do you, was there a comma between Florida State and people? Yes. Or do you? Okay, just making sure. And I don't hate Florida. Well, I do hate some Florida State people. Sure. But in general, the team. It'd be weird if you didn't. I have no problem with Florida State. I am going to side with the better quarterback in this game. Because, as you know, Dan. On the the field. On the field. That's right. Okay. The lights are very bright, but they never seem to blind Jameis Winston. True. Oh, yeah, no, he's amazing. So I say FSU goes down early. They come back second half. They win 38-24. So sort of the the Florida State 2014 template. That's right. You see just that continuing. 
38-24. They win in the second half. You are copy-pasting. I am copy-pasting. That's right. Okay. Copy as new. It's a lot smarter than what I had to say. <laughs> well, we'll find out on Sunday. Oh, I'm going to be the worst. We're going to get so many nasty tweets from FSU oh. Twitter. Uh, whatever. That's nothing new. That's all I got in terms of the big six games for the week. What else do okay. you got? I have other games that are interesting to me. Okay. And and the, you, there's a lot of sort of measuring stick uh, games. Oklahoma State, Texas. Not necessarily for Oklahoma State, but for Texas. I, th- I feel like both of these uh, teams need bowl eligibility and they get to play each other. Uh, in terms of ranked teams, Arizona State with an interesting letdown possibility going to Corvallis. Oregon State, even when they're down. Yeah. They always seem to have that one game twinkle. You know what? I was going to mention this. I'm looking at the lines now. On the road, ASU, a nine and a half or a 10 point favorite. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Oregon State, for whatever, Corvallis is a weird place to play. Mm-hmm. They always seem to have a game like this. So potato salad stadium. Stranger things have happened for sure. Yeah. There is that beaver twinkle. Yeah. Which is a phrase I'm going to use the constantly beaver now. Twinkle. <laughs> that beaver twinkle. <laughs> Uh, staying out there, I think Arizona Washington has the possibility. Uh, Washington decided to put their best receiver at corner. Marcus Peters kicked off the team. John Ross, who is their best receiver and leading receiver, is now a starting cornerback for them. Arizona is not really in the playoff hunt, but they're sort of lurking in the Pac-12. They have a huge chip. They do get Arizona State to finish the season. I'm curious to see. I'm I'm very curious this week. Um, not at all curious in Maryland, Michigan State. Nope. Arkansas LSU. Does a team score more than 23 points in this game? Well, I, I what I was going to say is that Arkansas is actually favored in this game, which kind of caught me off, off guard. Yeah, this if if you believe in body blow, this would be a great week to bet against LSU. So now which side of that bet do you want? We can do it again cuz you you owe me a breakfast because I'm not going to take away that breakfast. No, no, I'll go double or nothing. No, but I'm saying if I if I win this game, I still want to treat you to breakfast because that means I get to spend. Well, then let's a, a, let's a bet another independent breakfast on this. Then let's do another meal. Did, what did we ever settle? What who owes who a sandwich? I don't. We could do a sandwich bet. All right, this is a sandwich bet. Premium eight dollar plus sandwich. All right. You who get do you, want? you get first pick. I'm going to take Arkansas here to get their first. No, 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 no. We're talking points bet. I don't care who wins. Oh, okay. Points. Does a team score over 23? Yeah. A team, one team over 23. No. All right. So you're going over. I'm going under. I'll take over 23 again. We're just inching up. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, Northwestern Notre Dame. Break it down for me. Oh, God. Do I have to? Please. Turnovers, Notre Dame turnovers in this game. I'm, I'm One, actually 1.5. I should take a selfie right now. I'm laying down <laughs> under my mic, talking up to it. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I believe you. I don't You're even, not one to lie about your feelings about Notre Dame. I don't know, I don't know what to make of this game. I honestly, I mean, Notre Dame's a better team. They mm-hmm. they are the better team. No one's going to deny that. But what kind of mental state are they in after losing that? ASU game. If you watch the presser with Brian Kelly after the game, you can mm-hmm. see how frustrated he was. And I find he it blamed ho- you. <laughs> you I'm saying you the listener. I don't have a problem with Kelly's with Kelly's candor in okay. that press conference because all too often coaches are buttoned up, and you know you could you could interpret yeah. it however you want about him sort Blame of calling players, out man. Everett Golson, but it was it was a lot on Golson. It was on Golson. 
Okay. Is Does Brian Kelly have a responsibility to teach him how to not turn the ball over? I think he's trying to. I think he was frustrated. Okay. I didn't have a problem with it. As an angry Notre Dame fan, I had no problem with that press conference. Okay. Um, but my point is, I just, I wonder how much that frustration bubbles over and spreads yeah. throughout the team. So I could see Notre Dame winning this game by like 14 and not covering. All right. Maybe like a 27, 13, 27, They'll score more than 27 points. 30. Well then how many points Northwestern are going to score? Did you see their game Maybe last like 34, week? 24, 20 Northwestern scored 20 points against Notre Dame. You hate Notre Dame's defense. Yeah, but no, I've watched Northwestern play. And I'm going to do air quotes here. <laughs> Football. All right. 34, 17 Notre Dame. Uh, barely doesn't cover. Barely does not cover by the half point hook. You, you do have a point though about Brian Kelly and his candor. Uh, Everett Olson is paid good money <laughs> to be a quarterback and part of his responsibilities making. Oh, wait, he's not. He's not paid money. Oh, talk about okay. another game. You can't so talk. Blame, we can't talk Notre intern. Dame anymore. Blame the intern. Um, who else do we have? Utah Stanford. They're going to beat the hell out of each other. Yeah. And thank God it's not on Utah's field because I think we all want Stanford's players to have healthy ACLs. That's like a battle bots game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just made that up, but feels like... Oh, I like that comparison, though. The BattleBots game? That's mm-hmm. what that is. Where do you stand about Missouri right now? Missouri is in a secret driver's seat yeah. to screw everything up. Can I lock up Texas A&M? You think that's a stupid move? No, you can do whatever you want. I'm the stupidest. <sighs> do I want to do this? I'm not sure if I want to. Ah, what the hell? Lock of the week. Four points, four points is the line. A&M's at home. They've got Kyle Allen. He looked mm-hmm. good last week against a pretty good team, even though the defense is questionable. Um, they beat a way better team last week in Auburn than Missouri this week. I don't know what to make of Missouri, so I'm going to go A&M winning this game. I'll lock up A&M minus the four, four and a half. Let's say they win this game. Uh, 38 to 31. A lot of points. See, I think fewer points. Um, Missouri, atop the SEC East, controls their destiny in the conference and has lost to Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> and has and got shut out by a team beneath them in the SEC East. Still 4-1 in conference. I think this game is at Texas A&M. Yeah. I'm going to say A&M by four. I don't think it's that high scoring. I'm going to say 27-23. Okay. Wow. Low scoring game. Low, lower scoring. I think there's a bit of a letdown factor. Um, but, uh, oh, God, can we stop talking about Missouri? I, yeah, that's on you, me. That's brought, on me. You brought it up. That's definitely on me. Other measuring stick games that they're at least interesting. ECU Cincinnati could have all of the offense Thursday night. Yeah. And then that's followed by USC Cal, which could then have even more offense. So there's entertainment to be had on Thursday night. I'm assuming one of those games is going to be fun. Um Temple has a legitimate shot of going to Happy Valley and beating Penn State. Yeah, yeah, they do, actually. I mean, it'll be like 10 to 7, but they have a chance. They do have a chance. Um, What else? I'm looking through here. Um, Can we get to the do, Pat League? Do you want to get to Pat League? Let's just get to the Pat League. Ty, I'm going to have ask a favor of you. Anything for you. This is specific to your fingers. Yes. I'm going to need you to press a button that indicates to the world that we are about to drop some big, nasty, sweaty, dripping, 
squirting. Settle. Drum and fife. Are you uncomfortable with the way I said squirt? The squirt thing was a little too much for me. Because I don't care. What do we got? Colgate, four and six, traveling to Lehigh. Once again, you're about to be associated with a number of mountain hawks. Are you confident in Lehigh at two and seven, taking down the gators of Colgate at home? As you know, Dan, um, I am a bit of an amateur bird watcher. You are indeed. I am a fan of mountain hawks in general. I believe it'd be the mm -hmm. red-tailed hawk in this case. Is that a local It's It's native fauna? pretty much everywhere, the okay. red-tailed hawk. Um, a lot of red-tailed hawks. Probably going to be a chilly, blustery day at Goodman mm. Stadium. Your favorite adjective to describe weather. That's right. I'm uh, I'm going to go with the mountain hawks over uh, the gators. The four and six gators. Give me Lehigh. Colgate's a damn joke, but they're not as much of a joke as Lehigh. I'm taking Colgate on the road to go to high dome sphere and take it. I'm going Colgate here early. Next game, Georgetown Fordham. Fordham's already locked up the Pat League. They're going to the playoff, the FCS playoff. It's a playoff for playoffs. Doesn't matter because Fordham's that good. They changed the rules. Georgetown, any faith in them getting their first one at Fordham? Maybe Fordham rests their starters, not trying. Anything, any way you could see Georgetown taking this. No, I'm, I'm riding the Fordham train all the way to the FCS title this year. Going Fordham, going Fordham. Big New York's one true team. Bucknell, Holy Cross. Can Bucknell bounce back? They were without their starting quarterback against Fordham. Still made an amazing game of it, despite the grill fire delaying things in Lewisburg, not Lewistown. Best story Lewisburg. ever. Ugh. A concession stand got a little too ambitious, apparently. Yeah. With the grill. Um, Holy Cross, the Cross Dome, always a tough place to play. You do not just walk into the, the Cross Dome. You do not. Bucknell, I feel like has a good shot here. Seven and two taking on the Crusaders at four and six. 500 in the Pat League, but I think Bucknell still too has too much. Wait for the pun. Firepower. Yeah, I like that. Didn't this game like last week between uh, Fordham and Bucknell go to overtime? It did go to OT. I watched it. Do you think maybe there's a little bit of a letdown here because Bucknell just lost the Pat League? You know, Ted, that's a great point. I'm going to go be. Holy Cross here. Give me the Crusaders. Yeah. Bucknell packs it in. Yeah. The bison. Maybe they, they pat it in. Oh, I see what they, you did there. They, okay. They well, I think there's only three Pat Lee games here this week. You got a bonus, a bonus fact. I do have a bonus fact. So on the Facebook page, we got a message from Verballer Scott. Mm -hmm. Not a Lionai Scott. This is a different Scott. I'm just going to call him Verballer Scott. Shout out Scott. to Lionai Scott. Yes. Shout out to Brandon Huffman as well, if you're listening. What's up? Brandon Huffman. Hello. Yeah, he listens, I thought, on uh, on Friday nights listening to the high school games, unless, unless we've driven him off, which would be a shame. Yeah, we've got a lot of fun tie facts coming up. OK, um, Verballer Scott writes in that this week, Owen eight Cornell will be traveling to Manhattan, which, of course, is of the it. epicenter of New York City. New, new place to take on Owen eight Columbia, which he claims <laughs> here is NYC's true team. Upper worst side. That's like right. It. I like what you did there. He says the yeah. Lions are only one loss 
from extending their current slide to 20 games and thereby establishing a new second longest losing streak in Ivy League history. Mm-hmm. He says in parentheses that the infamous 44 game losing streak Columbia endured from 83 to 88 looks safe until at least 2017. So there you go. 0 and 8 Cornell traveling to NYC to square off against 0 and 8 Columbia. I'm assuming Columbia is the Lions. Um, so a combined 0 and 16 between these two teams. We shall see if uh, the Lions can get off the Schneid. I really do like your use of Schneid. Yeah, you like that? That's really nice. Um, I posed a question on Facebook today. We got about 50 replies really? to this question. What it was, was a very question? simple, straightforward question. It was, aside from his day job, what fact would you like to know or what would you like to know about Ty? I just assume we'd get a dozen, a couple does. Turns out people have lots of questions. And I've selected, I wanted to call this segment the Tie 10, like Titan. Tight, okay. Um, I don't know. It's around 10. I, we, can, we can lightning around this. We, you want me to play it? Or I'll just play, uh, I'll play the thunder. Yeah, play the thunder. Okay. No, no, no drum and fife, just thunder. First, first question comes from Andrew Thien, a.k.a. the Thien Machine, a.k.a. he was a year below me in at Oregon. He worked, yeah. writes for the Oregonian. A talented media member. What is Ty's preferred method of making a quesadilla, and how frequently does he microwave quesadillas when cooking? Uh, the preferred method is to go to a Mexican restaurant and order them. <laughs> you don't make quesadillas at home? Uh, I have not made quesadillas at home, no. Wow, revelation. Do you own a toaster oven? I do own a toaster oven, yeah. Oh, go with the case. I'm not, I'm not the toaster opposed. Oven. I mean, it seems very easy. How hard could it be? Um, I will I will jump on this question by saying, grate your own cheese, America. It does make a difference. I've grated many a cheese blocks. Good. In my younger year. Um But not anymore. You are no, not post grating <laughs> post grating. I'm in the car all the time. Uh, I don't have don't have a chance to make quesadillas. Next question from Darren Gaddison. Why can you hear the disgust in his voice when he talks about Florida State in general and Winston specifically? Oh, yeah, Ty, why do you why do you hate on America's team? <sighs> yeah, you know, it's um, I try to hide it as best I can. <laughs> Hater. But uh, haters going to hate, 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 hate. Correct. Um, what is Ty's favorite? This is a great question. Yeah. What is Ty's favorite smell? What is your favorite smell? smell? What is your favorite smell? Who asked this question? This comes to us from Jeffrey Hershey. In a million years, I could not have come up with a question. That's that's an amazing question. Favorite smell? What to you is the most evocative thing that could happen to your nostrils? Oh, my God. What what (sighs) overwhelms you with good vibes upon... Two things. The O. Two things. Uh, pumpkin pie. That's like in the oven baking. Yep. And Mama H's pumpkin cool, pie. Cool and pumpkin pie. Okay. Uh, I will throw the homemade pizza that Mama H makes. That that doesn't see. I'm I'm right there with the direction you're going with. Continue. Um, something in the home cooking variety is always pretty good. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of other things though. Man, can I ask you a sub question? Please, please. Are you into perfume? No. Neither am I. No. Did you have to ever broach that with Kate or any no. of the people that you were social with before Kate? No, no. Okay. I've, I've had to do the thing where it's like, 
I like how you smell, but it's giving me like asthma. It's giving, making me wheeze a little bit. I'm just very sensitive. So it's like I my nose likes it. It's just the, the thing, rest Here's of the thing about perfume, though. You can yeah. tell a lot from perfume just oh, by yeah. picking up the scent. Not I'm not talking about how it smells, but how long it smells after the person walks by you. Because I think as True. a rule of thumb, if the scent stays with a particular area of the room, mm-hmm. when someone yeah. walks out of the room, that indicates cheaper perfume. Yeah, we'll have to get some female verballers to confirm or deny. But now I've never been big into the whole perfume thing. Hot take, Ty. Yeah, I would say entering into an elevator that has been recently abandoned by terrible perfume. Yeah. And you can smell the the remains. Yeah. Worse than a bad fart elevator. Rancid perfume worse than rancid Uh, fart. I don't know about that. Or rancid perfume worse than average fart. Okay, yeah, I'll give you that. Okay. I'll go with that. Um, my my smells vary in light. It would be uh, Mama Rubenstein's split pea soup. Yeah. Yeah, you're big on the split pea soup. Oh, I love the split pea soup. Yeah. Um, pizza's a big one for me. It's, it's very specific, though. It's not the homemade pizza. It's like the getting into a car where somebody just picked up a bunch of pizzas right before you got into the car, like the lap pizza smell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, huge on lap pizza. That sounds very dirty, yeah, much more weird. so than it actually is. Next question. Please. Ooh, this the questions this week are fantastic. What brand of underwear does Ty prefer? Follow up, what's the rate of disposal for said underwear? Rate of disposal? Yeah. Again, it's in, as long as the elastic as long as it's clean and the elastic is holding up. Yeah, as long as the elastic's holding up, you still got some uh some tread in these tires. Boxers briefs, boxer briefs, Hanes boxer briefs. I'm a jockey boxer briefs, man. Yeah, gotta go boxer briefs. Do you go? Do you go a variety of colors, or do you go? Do you go in a single color direction? I have no no color preference. I'm not going like polka dots, but I'm right. But like, if I were to, or anybody were to, who specifically asked this, Jeremy Fisher were to open your your uh, your under thing drawer. This is getting to a weird place, Dan. Is is it mostly dark? Is mostly it mostly dark. light? Mostly okay, neutral mostly colors. Black, charcoal, navy. Yeah. That direction. Me too. Jockey, though. Um, that was a weird jockey question. Jockey boxer brief. Don't ask that um, question ever again. This comes to us from Rachel. Very dedicated verballer. Yep. Uh, how many times have you worn the gold pants that you purchased for last year's national championship? Uh, two, so that was last year. You were them. big on the, the slim fittedness of those. That yeah. drove you to sort of change your entire wardrobe. Change my entire wardrobe now. Yeah. yeah. It's been a, been a revelation. You ever wear those? I've worn them once. That's it. I've worn them once. I still have them prominently in my bottom drawer, but okay. uh, I've only worn them once. Question from Matt Wilson. What was high school tie like? <laughs> so you played sports, played baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, ladies, man. No. Shy. No. Nerdy. Class clown. Straight A student. Podhead. What are we talking about? Um, Definitely not a ladies, man. Okay. High school girlfriend? No. Okay. Wow. No, my high school girlfriend was baseball. Okay. But, um, Very strange was not shy. Okay. I mean, social. So if it's not evidence enough from what we do now, three times a week, for yeah. the last AV seven club? years, what's that? AV club. No, nah, no AV club. Okay. Um, was popular enough. Mm-hmm. Senior year was three votes shy of being class president. Damn it. Yeah. How was your poster? I had a strong poster game. What was, did you have a, like a saying? 
I had a number of sayings, actually. It was, um, I should see if I can find some of these. I'm sure I have them somewhere around here, but. Um, Break lot, the tie. Vote, vote for Hildenbrand. Yeah, a lot of old, like, print shop pro clip yeah. art type stuff with, like, weird sayings. Okay. Yeah, I had I had a, a pretty strong poster game. It was far stronger than my competition, but um, just couldn't. It was, a, it was a hard-fought victory. Okay. I had a strong speech in the gymnasium. Just didn't, didn't work didn't, out. Didn't get the job done, and now I don't what have was, to. Now I don't have to plan the uh, the class get-togethers every so often, which is great. Fond prom memories. Uh <laughs> that's a yes. Fond enough. Okay. Fair enough. Um, fond enough. Somebody asked us about the story of how you and fiance Kate met. You've been through that. They work together. Actually, let me tell a prom story, please. You remember the song Wild Wild West? Of course. Stevie Wonder sampled uh, Melody. When they played Wild Wild West. Wicka wild, wicka wicka wild. That's right. Wicka, wow, at, wow. The, uh, at the senior prom. That may have Ripped been my off def- your pants. Did not rip off my pants, but um, grabbed a friend's top hat and a cane. Wow. And a circle formed around me. Oh, snap. Yeah. Yeah, I got, I got my dance, dance on. Were you a... Were you somebody who would grind at no. high school dances? Grind, come on. I was I was, I was making in- websites when I was 17. I wasn't grinding on anything. Ty, I, I was uh I was grinding on things. Yeah, I was not, I was not grinding on anything. <laughs> I went for it. Yeah. It was well, good it for was you. the early it was the early 2000s. It was a different world. Um two more. Two more. Here we go. We've heard about his worst dates. And actually, you know what? I'm going to skip this one. No date questions. No want- date questions. Yeah, I'm out but Ty has called his ex-girlfriends horrible human beings at various times. I think we need a story or two to justify that. No names. No, I'm not doing that. You're not doing that Next one question. either? No. Okay. Yeah. I'm not Oops. here to talk about the past. I'm here to talk about the future. <laughs> okay. Next and final question. What is Ty's favorite smell? Um, <laughs> what a weird question. I think it's a great These question. people were raised by wolves. Here we go. Here's the question. What about Dan? This comes from Jacob Miller. We'll finish with a question about me. About you. What about Dan most annoys Ty? Oh, wow. Here we go. Let's let's hash it out right now. This could end the solid verbal. It's okay, Ty. It's not about the solid verbal. It's about the friendship. In a pure football context. Football context. That's boring. Your constant refusal to give Notre Dame any credit <laughs> drives me drives me nuts. They had a chance last week. It drives me nuts because last week for the first time ever, uh, first time ever I texted you about uh-huh. something you tweeted out. Yeah, you did get annoyed. I got annoyed. I did get annoyed. Now that I was used, about I used the term flattened, didn't I? That was the most annoyed you you've ever made me. <laughs> I like the passion about Notre Dame while also falling asleep during a national championship. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Full disclosure. This is true. <laughs> the other, the okay. other slightly less annoying thing. Yeah. Hit me. Let's settle this. And this isn't really your fault because you okay. do most of the tweeting. Yeah. But um, the other annoying thing mm-hmm. is when I respond to somebody through our solid verbal Twitter. Yeah. And you don't see that I respond and then right. you respond too, and then we have two separate threads going. Oh, that's true. That's more of a technological annoyance, but yeah. not anything personally. No, beyond the Notre Dame stuff, which is your fatal flaw. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Well, I mean, what annoys you about me? Um, what do I do? See. Well, I mean, let's just get this out on the table here. It'll let's make get us better this out friends. In the open. 
I don't have the ability to, and you do have the ability to, and that annoys me to like your, your top of the show voice is like a great booming radio voice. I don't have that. that well, you don't need me. that. You're better There's without jealousy. that. It's, it's perhaps true. It's just a skill that I don't have. You are able to corral ears in a way that I don't think I am able to. Um, wow. But what actually annoys me about you? Yeah. You know what? I'm gonna, let's let's. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna. This is a legitimate thing that annoys me about you. Okay, please. I, I'm. And it goes with. And it goes with that first sort of statement. I think you are far too talented to have a day job. <laughs> I've told you, and this is nothing I haven't told you. Uh, I think oh you are God. far too talented a broadcaster. See, this is. I'm, I'm not. I'm not comfortable with compliments. No, it's I'm really not. I'm true. really. I'm, I'm, you have you have camera presence. You are good audio behind a microphone. You do not look like a swamp monster. And a lot of people that are really good behind a microphone <laughs> in a non-visual medium, spoiler alert, are swamp monsters. Okay. Um, well, that's a very that's a compliment. Thank you. You've got a you know, and here's something else that is a is a uh, is a is a common thread of of talented broadcasters. Almost all of them are our friend Scott Van Pelt exempted. Great heads of hair. You've got a great head of hair. Thank you. Tight, you're the complete package. This is this is turning into a. It, well, I didn't expect but it to it, go but this it, it legitimately annoys me that you are you are not well, giving the world more of you. It genuinely annoys me too. Yeah, but okay. So here's um, what we're gonna do. Yeah. Full disc. We got it. We gotta pack this in. It's like an yeah, hour. I don't know. Hour and fifteen uh, pe- now. There's no way people are listening no, to the show for God football. No. God no. Do you want to do a secret verbal? Oh, we should. I have a secret verbal already. Let's do it. Okay, what do you got? so I, I'm big on the abreaves, as you know. Yeah. Um, I was having a conversation with our friends, Ryan Nanny, Mike Prada, who is our NBA editor at SB Nation. He sits two seats down Prada? from me. Prada? It's spelled Prada, but it's pronounced Prada. His Twitter handle, and I'm going to verify this, is Mike Prada SBN. So that's Mike, M-I-K-E-P-R-A-D-A-S-B-N. As in SB Nation, as in Sports Blog Nation. I'm verifying it right now. Um, so a lot of wedding talk, both on the solid verbal and in the uh, in the SB Nation newsroom. If you look at his Twitter page, there I am in, right next to him in his in his background. He is getting married next fall. Okay. Ryan is getting married in the spring, as are you. Yep. So I, I'm very curious about what everybody's doing. We talked about your attire, we talked about all sorts of things. Um, I came up with the abbreviation for honeymooning as mooning. Where are you mooning? Where are you mooning? Yeah. I want you to tweet at Mike Prada various suggestions about where he and his fiance Hillary should moon. Is that Hillary with one or two L's? That's a great question. I believe it's one. Most are one, verify. I believe. Hillary Clinton is two. Hillary Clinton is two. Um, but like sort of tweets to Mike Prada. Hey, I think you guys should be mooning in Athens. I think you guys should be, you know, great spot to moon Vancouver. How about in the Belgrade? Moon. Belgrade, like random Kalamazoo, the Dalmatian coast in Croatia, which is actually beautiful. But I want mooning suggestions for Mike Prada. All right. Moon or mooning. Um, Hillary is with. um, Ooh, is it one or two? Let's see. It is two L's. Wow. There it is. See, I'm glad I asked. Yeah. They uh, they met at football powerhouse Brandeis. The Brandeis judges have. I don't believe they have a football team. Okay. So he and Hillary, where should they be mooning? I like it, Dan. Yeah. I like it. Well, thank you for all the fine compliments. I appreciate that. You're too talented, Ty. We're going to talk about you next Wednesday. 
I'm I'm excited. It's your turn next Wednesday. We'll carve out a healthy portion of the show. You're not going to believe this, Ty, but I love talking about me. <laughs> I love talking about some me. Can I shout out and give some thanks before we sign yes, off? Yes, please. Mark Milko, Andrew Jacobs, Carl Turner, David Allen, Michael Nichols. The SEC logo is good God. He or she is fantastic. Wallace Hawkins, especially for a logo. John Hunter, the 813 Buckeye. You might think he's in Ohio, but false. Shout out to Wesley Chapel, Florida, Jacob Malone, Jeremy Moss, plus Jeremy Stutz, double Jeremy Week, Miller Yoho, of course, of the Belk Bowl, Kevin Sutherland, and Ty. Give me some galloping. Because we ride with Brandon McKissick, as always. Indeed we do. Thank you to everyone who has been so active out there. Continue to share our show in Mm -hmm. all of your social media profiles. It helps us sharing, spread the word about the show. We're building a nice little grassroots movement here. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of fun to be a part of on this end, hopefully on your end as well. Again, don't forget to call us at 408 verbal one. That's 408-837-2251. As you're watching Mm -hmm. all of the games from week 12 on Sunday, we'll mix them up, put them together into a week 12 reverbs segment. One more time. Chris, the capper is locking up Nebraska. I am locking up Texas A&M. In addition to Ohio State minus 12 on the road. And Daniel, you, it sounds like, are locking up the Georgia Bulldogs minus two and a half at home. True. For that guy over there, Mr. Dan Rubenstein in beautiful New York City. For myself, Ty, here in good old Eastern PA. Thanks again for tuning in to the Solid Verbal. We'll catch you all on Sunday. In the meantime, stay solid. Peace. Peace.